All right, here we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another fantastic episode of My Orgasmic Life Podcast with your hostess, the mostest, me, Gaia Morissette. And today we are talking about, well, this is chapter nine of my Becoming a Better Lover series. So if you haven't uh, listened to, watched, or read um, the first eight chapters, I highly recommend it. All right, so we're going to get into a topic that may trigger and uh, may have some juiciness to it that may, uh, may, may piss some people off, okay? <laughs> I lovingly invite you to let go of any judgment, judgment of yourself, judgment of others, judgment of me, um, because the reason I needed to talk about what is bad sex and what what are the traits of a bad lover is because until we talk and speak those truths, we can't really make new choices. We can't change. We can't be empowered. We can't do anything different. I've been talking about how do we have epic sex? How do we become, you know, a rock star between the sheets? Like I've been talking about how to be this fantastic lover, but if I don't actually talk about what it looks like to have bad sex and what are the traits of a bad lover, then you don't have anything to compare it to. And if I say something today that is like, oh, I do that, or oh, I've done that. I really want you to stop for a moment and don't think of it as, oh, I don't want you to go to that place where, oh my God, I suck in bed, and I'm a bad lay, and oh my God, no wonder. I, I don't want you to go to that place of taking yourself down, or judging yourself, or making yourself bad or wrong. Okay, that's not the point of today's conversation. Today's conversation is about how we can recognize these things so that we can make new choices, not about judgment or making you feel bad or wrong. Okay, so very, 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 very important. All right, let's get into our topic. <sighs> All right, bad sex. What is bad sex? Well, Bad sex is where uh, no one feels good about it. So let's talk about a couple different aspects of bad sex. And when does bad sex typically happen? Well, bad sex typically happens when people are intoxicated. Bad sex happens often when there's been no communication. And if you've watched, listened, or read any of the eight chapters before this, you will know that it's important to have conversations before, during, and after sex. This is to prevent bad sex from happening. So lack of communication before, during, or after sex. This is how creates bad sex. Um, expectational sex, um, which I just did a, a talk on this morning um, for chapter eight, which we we're gonna dive deep into that. So go look into that. But expectational sex if you're listening and you're like, I don't know what you're talking about, Gaia, is basically when you are goal-driven, that it's all about um, the intercourse, the sexual act, the orgasm, the ejaculation, the boners, like that's, that's what expectational sex is. So expectational sex tends to lead to having bad sex. And laying there, this is when you know you've had bad sex. 
when you're laying there either during or after being like, what just happened? I don't feel good about that. I, I don't even know what I'm supposed to say now. What am I supposed to do with that? Those feelings are an indicator that you've had bad sex. <laughs> if you're not laying in this afterglow of awesome, uh, awesome feelings of like, oh, I feel so connected and, and you know, that was so satisfactory, like satisfying to all parts of who I am. And that was great. And if those aren't, if those aren't what you're thinking about or feeling, then you've had bad sex. Okay, so that's what bad sex is. Traits of a bad lover. All right, so here we go. And again, if you've ever, if you've ever done these things or, you know, in the past or currently do these things, this does not make you a bad person. Um, this doesn't make you wrong. This is just me pointing out that if you want to move over to playing in the world of being a better lover and having epic sex and, and a rock star in the bedroom, then being aware that these are the traits that are interfering in you being accomplishing that so that you can release it and let go of it. Okay. All right. So number one trait of a bad lover is selfishness. I talk a lot, if you've paid any attention or followed me for a while, I talk a lot about how each one of us is responsible for our own sexual gratification. That is different than being selfish or self-absorbed. Selfish and self-absorbed means that you are going into a sexual experience with the only care that is all about you. You don't really... In all honesty, it really wouldn't matter who you were having sex with because it's not really about them on any level, okay? It's just about your needs, your wants, your desires. It becomes all about you all the time, okay? That's a trait. That's a very, very big trait in what makes a bad lover. Second trait that makes a bad lover is bad hygiene. And so we have, because you've listened and watched or read the chapters on communication in the Better Lover, Becoming a Better Lover series, you know all about this, all right? But if you haven't, go do it. And I'll just give you a quick review of that, is that you've had a conversation about what turns you on and what turns you off. And in that part, in, in that place of figuring that out with your potential lover or your current lover um, is that you've talked about what kind of grooming things turn you on and turn you off. So when I talk about bad hygiene, so, um, you know, making sure that you have fresh breaths and, um, you know, that you're in line. Like some people like the, the smell, natural smells of things. Other people are very nasally sensitive, right? They, it's important to figure out what you're grooming um, and what grooming, some people like pubic hair, some people aren't into pubic hair, right? One isn't right or one isn't good and one isn't bad, right? It's just, you know, um, you know, what is your thing? Okay, so that's an important thing is that you've had that conversation so that you're on the same point of what turns you on around hygiene and grooming. Um, the other thing around that is 
that you took the time, now that we're talking about that pre-conversation, you've took the time to make mental notes of what language turns your partner on and what language turns them off what uh, behaviors turn them on and what behaviors turn them off. So you're, you really want to be aware of as you're going into a, any sexual experience with anybody that you've had the conversations. So, you know, see why this is important. Exactly. So like, uh, you know, one of our listeners just said that uh, perfume gives her a headache. So, you know, one person might very much like, you know, perfume and essential oils and somebody else might be like, uh, this is going to make, give me a headache or I'm allergic or I'm going to vomit. Right. So each person is different. Okay. All right. So coming back to our conversation. So back when you had this before sex conversation of everybody's turn ons and turn offs, see if you're compatible, you took the mental note of what turns your partner off because doing the things that turn your partner off in a sexual experience needless to say, makes for bad sex and also is a trait that you're not paying attention. They've already told you this information. Why are you using that word? Why are you doing that thing I told you that I don't like? Okay. So very important. Uh, another trait that makes for uh, a bad lover is no communication. Bad communication, no communication, not talking before, during, or after, uh, refusing to communicate, will not have a conversation about sex in any capacity whatsoever. Um, this is a guarantee to lead you to bad sex, and this is a guaranteed trait to mean that you are not going to be an epic lover. Another trait is disrespect. Disrespect is not fucking sexy. If somebody has given you a boundary, they've asked you, and that kind of goes back to what I just said. So all of those things that were off the table, which are their turnoffs, which are off the table, and they've told you that, you choosing to ignore it is a blatant disrespect of their boundaries, which makes for not a good lover. No one wants to be disrespected. There and there's and I really important. There's a dis, there's a difference between disrespect, consensual disrespect, and unconsensual disrespect. So, um, lots of times in the world of BDSM, we may play on the edges of you know um, in that realm, but that's been consensually talked about. Okay. So that's not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about blatant disrespect for somebody's boundaries. If somebody's told you, please don't touch that part of my body. And then you touch that part of your, their body, you're being disrespectful. If somebody said, don't use that word and you choose to use that word, that's being disrespectful and disrespect in the realms of, depending on what level we're talking about in the realms of sexuality, we can be start talking about that kind of disrespectful boundaries starts to turn into um, where people feel violated and raped and all these kinds of things. So it's really important that if you happen to be moving from a place of disrespect, mm, I highly lovingly invite you to change that up because that's not serving you and it's certainly not serving the people that you're engaging sexually with and it's not making them feel good about the experience. Okay. All right. 
goal-focused expectational sex, which I just talked about, not only does that make for bad sex, but it also makes you uh, the traits of being a bad lover. When you come into a sexual experience and you're like, all right, I have a goal and, and this goal has to be met. And, and it's like, it doesn't, it's almost like you, again, it goes back to this whole um, selfishness. It's like you, it doesn't really matter what the person wants or doesn't want. It's like, this is what the goal is. And we're going to, we're going to achieve this goal at any cost. And it doesn't make the person feel like they're a part of the experience. Remember, if you really don't want to engage sexually with this person, it's better off for you to whack off, okay? Jerk off, have an orgasm by yourself, masturbate, because if you're, if you're stepping into a sexual experience with somebody else or other people, it's important for you to pay attention and to want to figure out what's going to serve everybody, you included, and everybody in this experience, okay? So... Let go of the goals, especially if you have your own agenda and your own goals. All right, not listening to feedback. Oh my God, this is like one of the biggest traits that makes you bad in bed if you do not listen to feedback. Meaning, if somebody says to you, I'd like it a little harder or softer or left, right, um, faster, slower, and you like ignore their feedback, it's like, it, 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 first of all, it makes the person feel icky. Like, this is my body. Why are you not touching me the way that I've asked you to touch me? And two, it's like, why am I even bothering to be here? Because you're not listening to what I want. And a lot of times people don't listen to feedback because of their own insecurities and their own egos. And, and their own uh, low self-worth, okay? So there's a whole piece there which talks about, you know, take, and so, yeah, li not listening to somebody's feedback, trait, bad trait. Not giving feedback is also, will, will put you in the category of a bad lay. <laughs> Remember, mind reading isn't fucking sexy, <laughs> right? So, Giving feedback is important. Um, expecting others to do all the work. So showing up and being a lazy lover, again, that'll put you in the bad leg category. Uh, taking offense if somebody gives you feedback. Like, well, I know what I'm doing. This is what I'm talking about. So, so somebody's like, hey, a little bit to the left. Or, you know, um, if I'm trying, you know, this is how my body likes to do this. You know what? I know what I'm doing and continuing to ignore that feedback and also being upset that the person gave you feedback, right? Taking offense that they're attacking you on some capacity. They're not attacking you. They're sharing with you on how their body likes to be response. I know, Amanda, it's awesome. So one of uh, the listeners that were listening live, she's like, thank you so much. I never realized how healing healthy sex and sexuality is. It's true. It's so, it's beautiful when it's, when we're moving from a place of health and, and communication and honoring. All right. Uh, all right. These, so we, we got a couple, just 
basically three more, okay? Then, then we'll like, how do we move out of this place, all right? So being judgmental, judginess around sex and sexuality and your partner is not sexy. And this will put you in the category of bad lay, right? Judgmental is not sexy. Leave it at the door. Slut or pervert shaming also gets you thrown into the category of bad lay. So slut shaming is when um, you shame somebody because of their desires and their wants and they're risking and, and they're sharing their desires and what they want with you and it makes you uncomfortable and you're like, oh, well, isn't that slutty, right? Oh, what's wrong with you? Why are you so horny all the time? Okay, so that's what slut shaming looks like. But there's also pervert shaming. And this is more genuinely thrown at uh, owners of the penises, right? Males. That um, is more like if you share what you desire or you want or you fantasize or whatever, that's part of who you are as a sexual being. Um, what happens is you're, the other person's like, oh, that's disgusting. You're such a pervert. Why are you such a perv? Okay, so again, that goes back to our judgment statement. A lot of that shaming comes from a place of judgment. And it's a, it comes from a place of you being insecure within yourself and not feeling okay with who you are as a sexual being. So trying to make somebody else feel bad about who they are as a sexual being so that you can feel better about yourself. These will put you definitely into the category of bad lover. All right, here's the last one. Low self-esteem, emotionally needy, lack of self-confidence. So when I say that, this is what I mean. Um, you know, things like, oh, we have to do it in the dark because I don't want you to see my body because I don't like the way that my body looks. That's really non-sexy. Your lover wants to explore all of your body and find your body beautiful. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. <laughs> they wouldn't want to be licking it and touching it and playing with it. All right. So like low self-esteem, body image issues, that's a big one because um, it's not sexy. Um, another one that might show up around that is, you know, um, am I the best? Tell me how I'm so good. Tell me how I'm the best right now. Like while you're in the middle of having sex, you know, is this, do I have the best penis you've ever had? Or am I the best, you know, person that you've ever had? Or tell me how I have a magical pussy and my vagina is the best pussy you've ever had. Um, and, and so there's all of this stuff about wanting to be reinforced that they're the best and that, they, that they're okay. And again, this puts you in the category of bad lover because that's not sexy. You know, your partner is choosing to be with you because they're choosing to be with you. You needing constant reinforcement. There's a difference between compliments 
And there's a difference between opening up the conversation long before you're in the middle of having sex about how you enjoy, how it turns you on when, you know, your partner talks to you in a way that, you know, talks about how they love the way that you touch them and communicating. That's different than tell me how I'm okay. Tell me that I'm the best, that that's a needy emotional place. And that's not sexy because again, it's like, it's almost like an, emotional, um, verbal, um, soul sucking in that moment, instead of being like, I'm okay, you're okay, we're all okay, let's explore each other. All right, those are the best, those are the places where good lovers live. Okay. Um, so one of the listeners that just made a comment, actually, so I want to come back to shame, because I talked about shame usually comes from judgment. Um, shame also can come from trauma. And um, that trauma that you may be carrying and feeling bad about that, which then you, you know, put it onto somebody else. Okay. So it's important to acknowledge that it's not just from judgment. It also can be from trauma as well. I just wanted to talk into that. Thank you for mentioning that. All right. So those are the things that put you in the category of, Bad sex, having bad sex, and uh, being a bad lover. Now, like I said in the beginning of this talk, in the beginning of the show, is that this doesn't make you bad. It just means that if you want to move out of this, the category of being bad in bed and moving into the category of being epic in bed and great in bed, um, then these things you need to look at and to make some new choices and to do things differently and to show up differently and to not judge yourself in a bad way or shame yourself in a bad way. And I'm not shaming, I'm trying really hard to not come from this place of shame. It's just, it is what it is. So if you've done any of those things, are doing any of those things, it's time to let go of them and move into a new place. And there's a couple of different tips that I have for you that can help you move from that place um, into the place of, oh, epic. You know, the things that, you know, people write poems and songs and art are about, <laughs> All right? And um, the first one is to obviously read, listen, or watch all of the Becoming a Better Lover series. That's the first step. Two, um, take some courses, like, you know, take some courses on, on communication, on, um, finding your voice of building your self-esteem and self-worth on sexual skill building on, you know, different areas of, of sexuality that you may want to explore, right? That's important, important, important. Um, the next thing that I would highly suggest is depending on what level of the things that I was talking about that you're doing, um, you may need some professional support. You may need to reach out to somebody who can help you move through whatever that is, wherever that comes from, whether it comes from trauma, whether it comes from society, whether it comes from your upbringing, wherever it comes from those patterns may be deeply rooted in a bunch of stuff more than just mindset, but 
deeper and you may need some support. So I highly recommend finding somebody that you connect with. So whether that's me or somebody else in my industry that specializes in sexuality, right? Um, and if you're, if you're like, yes, you know what, Gaia, I feel comfortable with you, then I highly recommend that you come hang out with me. You can find me at www.succulentliving.com. You can follow me on all of my social media platforms under Gaia Morissette. And um, you can, you know, subscribe and, and download um, all of the juicy My Orgasmic Life podcasts so that you can watch and so that you can listen to me at your own convenience. All right. And you can find me on all of the, all of the major podcast uh, platforms. If you don't have a major platform, platform like Spotify or Apple um, that you use, then you can also visit my website and you, the, there's a listener, there's a play, um, a player right on my website that you can listen to all of the episodes um, under my, um, you can find it on my website, all right, at succulentliving.com. So that's it. That's all. I lovingly invite you to lean into some of those places and those things, either that you've done or been on the receiving end of that. Um, make some new choices on how to prevent that kind of sex from happening in your world, as well as, you know, make some new choices of not becoming a bad lover or not being a bad lover and also choosing not to have sex with bad lovers <laughs> and set your boundaries, All right? Communicate, communicate, communicate. Talk before, during, and after. Before, during, and after. <laughs> Have a fantastic day. Bye-bye. And thanks for everybody for just before I I know I said bye-bye. I changed my mind. <laughs> I just want to say I'm super proud of all of you for listening all the way to the end. And I love all of you for supporting and coming and hanging out with me today. Now I mean it. Bye-bye.